Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I have the opportunity to, to ride a lot of different horses. I have for the past 25 years. That's kind of mostly what I've done is, is ride horses and for people. And, and, and uh, when you get paid to ride horses for people, um, guess what kind of horses they bring you? Okay. Um, they don't bring the, the horses that don't have any issues. Uh, what they bring you are, are the, the horses that have had some some uh, problems in their life um and we you know we can call them a lot of different things but uh mostly i i, I see them as troubled they're they're very troubled individuals and it, and it's because they've had things happen in their past that have that have caused that in them and so my job is to try to figure out what what's up with them okay so i've found that the best way to do that is to go clear back to the beginning and and start start over with them and they'll start telling you where the issues are and it's difficult because horses that are that are in the, that state of mind don't want to change they've they've learned how to protect themselves they've learned how to preserve their life their self-preservation instinct is really strong and they're resistant to anybody getting in that and they're and they're slow to change okay and so it takes a lot of patience to help them through that and it takes a lot of creativity and because you can't treat them all the same they all have different problems so we we have to we have to work with them in different ways until until we figure out how to how to get that they're they're not going to be useful in this life the way they are they're not going to they're not going to be able to um live in the world the way they are they have to change in order to to survive and so that's my job is to is to figure out how to do that and i've found that (coughs) the old the old horseman always had a saying with those kind of horses, and they always said it gets worse before it gets better. Um, and what that means is that these horses don't want to change, and so you've got to figure out ways to to push them to do that. And pretty soon, and you might push them to the point where it escalates, and it's and it's kind of ugly. Um, but that's the only way that they're going to choose to try something different than the, than what they've been doing their whole life, and and they have to try something different in order to change. And and I've found that to be true. It gets worse a lot of times right before it gets better. And if we can hang in through that and, and survive that, then all of a sudden there's a change in those horses. And uh, that trouble, the troubled mind that they have starts to go away. And pretty soon now we can have a relationship with them and, and we can start asking them to do some things for us and, and we can make them useful. And And the horses... Once they come through that, they 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 really really like people. After that, um, <clears throat> well, I've got a. I'm going to stand up here this morning and 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 I've got a confession for you guys. Um, I've had a troubled past myself. Uh, I've been very troubled in my life, and and uh, I'm not going to tell you all the reasons why because there's a lot of people like me that that uh, are troubled and I've I've been like those horses I've I've sort of just existed a lot of the time and and 
have have lived in a state of self-preservation. Um, and last week, Kevin and, and George both talked about going all in. Okay, and I I feel like I'm I, I feel like I don't know if you've ever started a cult and you. You you have this colt that's never been ridden, and you've done your groundwork, and you've got him saddled, and you're ready, and you step up that first time into the stirrup. Now I step up, and I just lean over the saddle, okay, and see what's going to happen, right? I feel like that's where I've been in my in my uh, in my walk with Jesus, and in, in in my family life, and with my friends, is where you 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 step up into that saddle, but. To go all in means you got to throw your leg over it. Okay, you got to you got to finish. You got to get on. And I feel like I've been just just stepping up and, and leaning and waiting. Okay, because because that's safe. Because I can if the horse moves, I can always just step right back down, right? But when I throw my leg over, I'm entered up. I'm 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 all in. And so uh, <clears throat> my my past is kind of has kind of built me that way to where when things start getting, when the trouble starts, um, I'm the proverbial turtle where I just pull everything right into the shell and I'm safe. I'm protected. No one can get to me there. Unfortunately, I'm also unavailable at that point. I'm unavailable for God. I'm unavailable for my wife. I'm unavailable for my son. I'm unavailable for my church family. And, uh, um, so the, the conversation that George and Kevin had last week troubled me a bunch on Sunday because, because I'm, I'm not all in and I'm standing up here admitting that. Uh, and so just like I explained with, with, the uh, the horses, it, it gets a little worse before it gets better. And so Sunday night, uh, was probably the the hardest night of my life. I attempted to go to bed and it didn't work. I I didn't sleep Sunday night at all. I alternated between crying, praying, and laying on the floor in a fetal position, groaning. Okay, and now I understand where in Scripture it says the Holy Spirit groans for us uh, for our sins. Because I felt uh, a type of spiritual pain that that I've never felt before. I can tolerate physical pain. I I'm in pain most of the time physically, so I have a high tolerance for that. I found that I don't have a high tolerance for spiritual pain, and so when you have that kind of pain, you have no choice but to lay there in a fetal position and groan. Okay, um, and I just kept praying over and over to God. I, one prayer. I just prayed one thing. I, I just said, change me. God, please change me. For eight hours. Okay. And early in the morning, oh, right before sunup, a, a lot of this stuff is symbol, symbolic. So right before sunup. Been in the dark all night alone. Well, not alone. God was with me. I didn't think he was with me, um, but he was with me. And right before sunup, uh, 
he spoke to me, and he didn't say, die, I'm speaking to you from heaven, this is God. It, it wasn't like that. I finally was able to get quiet and still, and, and I was just literally laying there on the floor. And, uh, and he spoke to me, and it was, it was just a few quiet words. Because I had asked him, I, I, I had asked him, I said, what do I do? God, what do I do now? What do I do? And he, he said, and it was clear as a bell, he said, learn how to love. Learn how to love. Because I don't know how to love. Because I'm protecting myself. And to, to do that, you, to, to truly love God, to truly love your wife, when, when, it, when it says in Scripture that we're supposed to love our wives like Jesus loved his church, what does that do to a man? It strikes fear in our heart, right? Because how are we going to do that? How can we do that? Jesus was perfect. And we're supposed to love like he loved. <clears throat> so in order to love God, in order to love my wife, in order to love my son, in order to love my church family, in order to love my enemies, I have to learn how to do it. George and Kevin talked last week about action. Okay, God's words to me weren't theology learn how to love, it was action. And he said, you got to take action on this. you got to learn how to do this. And so um, he convicted me last Sunday night a week ago. Um, and I've been trying all this time to do this by myself, and I can't do it by myself. I can't do it. I've tried for, I don't know how many, well, <clears throat> old enough to have to have progressive lenses that many years. Okay. 47 years I've tried to, to do it by myself, and I'm up here to confess that it doesn't work. Okay? And I know there's people out there like me. I'm not the only one. And so m my goal is to go all in with everything, with, with my spiritual walk, with my family, with my friends, with, with, uh, with everything. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that, God says, is to learn how to love. So that's my action is... And I'm getting help. I'm getting help in a lot of different ways. Uh, I've, this week has all been about seeking help to do that. Um, and so when we, I forgot my Bible down there. Uh, Jay, would you grab that for me, please? So when, thank you. So when we, uh, When I talked to Kevin, I, I told him I felt like a hypocrite because I stand up here and I, and I talk to people about their walk with, with Jesus, and, and I'm not willing to go in all... Ooh, I'm, I'm willing to go off. <laughs> Classes. They're going to be the end of me because everything is blurry down here, so I'm supposed to look like this. I might not survive it, Dan. Uh, thank you, brother. When, when we, uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. When I talked to Kevin, I, I, I said, I feel like a hypocrite. Um, and he, he helped me a lot with that. He said, you know, being in ministry isn't about, any, isn't about the fact that we're, we're perfect or that we, we don't make mistakes or that we're any better than anybody else. All it means is that we're, we're willing to 
share publicly uh, our walk with Jesus. Okay, and so that 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 helped alleviate the guilt on me. And and then I went to my Bible, and God God pointed me. It's one of those things where when I opened it, it was right there. Okay, so if if you guys are wondering if God's in your life, all you got to do is ask, and and He's there. And and He and He. He sent me to Psalms, and, and Psalms are prayers, okay? They're prayers, and a lot of them are from, from people that are, are troubled, and they're, and they're crying out to God for help, and they're real prayers. These aren't, these aren't timid, wussy prayers. They're real prayers. It's like, man, God, where are you? Why have you, why have you left me? Why aren't you here? What, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, my enemies are all around me, and, and I can't find you, and, and things like that. And, and they're bold prayers, and they're real, and they're honest, and they're right from the heart. And so this week, I've been praying like that. And, uh, and it led me to Psalm 4, and, it, and it's right off the bat. This is David. So this is King David. Um, king David was obviously a king anointed by God, and, and God said that, that David was a man after his own heart, okay? Well, if, if, if you read some of David's prayers in, in the Bible, man, that, that man was troubled, okay? And so I'm feeling like, well, if, if King David is troubled, well, then I have no guilt or shame in being troubled myself. And so it, it, it lifted all that off my shoulders. And here's, here's David. He says, answer me when I call to you, O God who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. And then it, you know, it goes on. But you can't imagine how many times this week I've prayed this. Um, and so, I don't, I've always kind of felt like, you know, if I'm going to step forward in ministry, my job is to pray for everyone, which I do. And I've never stood up here and asked for prayers, but today I'm going to. And I'm going to ask for you to pray for not only me, but all the all the people who have stepped forward in ministry and in faith and have that huge bullseye on their chest. Because I understand now where the attack comes from. The devil is he he's got his he's got he's got his scope trained right here. Okay? And and uh I need your prayers. Kevin needs your prayers. Jason needs your prayers. Sherilyn needs your prayers. Anthony needs your prayers, and I'm not leaving anybody out, but anybody who's ever stepped forth is needs your protection, okay? So I'm going to ask for that this week, and I'm going to ask for one more big prayer. This one's important, guys. Okay. This coming week, I'm going to a foreign land. Kevin's taking me to Texas. Pray for me. First time, we've got some opportunities to further this ministry in there and uh, down there, down there. And I asked if I need to take my passport, and he said we could probably get through okay. Um, but uh, pray for that also in your prayers, and uh, I'm going to try to survive Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm going to pray for you guys. Thank you so much, God, for the, for the church family that you've given us the opportunities to share and, and educate and learn. And, and uh, <clears throat> you're, you're so merciful, Lord, and I thank you for that. I just 
asked if there's anybody out here with a troubled soul like I have that they would that they would be able to search for you, God, because you answered me, and I know you'll answer them too. Uh, please be with this ministry and, and all those who are trying to make a difference. I see you be with Kevin and, and all the other church leaders out there that, that the devil is attacking right at this moment, that, that you'd be with them, Lord, and put your protective hand on us and, and guide us down your path. Uh, I don't wish spiritual pain on anybody, but but I pray that they get to feel it just once because it, it will change their life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. Uh, it's good to see everybody here. It's, it's kind of flopping. Uh, used to our first service was really tiny and our second service was big. And now it's kind of uh, even and out. If not, the first service is a little bigger. If you're, if you're joining us on uh, Facebook or the website or on live stream or uh, whatever the case may be, uh, welcome. Um, it's good to have everybody here today. Save the Cowboys, a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. Uh, you know, we're all here to learn together, to grow together, to, uh, learn to ride for God. Uh, it's, it's not easy, but it is, it is worth it. And the other thing is, is that it's okay to laugh. Okay. Uh, this isn't a funeral. This is not a funeral. Uh, we'll, we'll say some stuff that's hard today and, and we'll say some stuff that's funny today. You, you can laugh. It's called the joy in the Lord. And it's one of the greatest ways that the Lord, uh, shines through us. Um, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter six, Luke chapter six. I was helping a, a neighbor a couple of years ago, work cattle. And I think we were preg checking or something. And, and, and my job wasn't up near the chutes. My job was, was in the back and, the, the pin setup wasn't conducive to working horseback. So I was, you know, on my, uh, on my two feet with a sword and stick and, and the pins were set up in, in like progressively smaller pins. So all the cattle were in a big pin and then I'd put some into a smaller pin. There was like fit, like maybe 20 or something. And then it, it went down to, uh, to seven. And then from the seven, it went into the alley where it would hold about three. So progressively smaller pins. And so I was back and forth putting cattle here and here and here and here. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I got these seven cows in, in, the, in the pen. So I had like, you know, three to put in the alley whenever the time came. And I noticed this one cow, this, this yellow cow was is, is kind, of, kind of funny looking. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't really know how to describe her except, except her, her, her eyes were too close together. And one of them looked like it went that way. And it just, she had a funny look about her and she didn't like seem aggressive or anything. But as I uh, put three in the alley, she was still in the pen of set, you know, in the pen that I had just pulled out of. And, and then it was time to put three more in and guess who was the last one in the pen was her. Well, I put the three in and I was kind of sitting there and, 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 and what I was going to do is when one went out, I was going to stick her in there because it's easier to put them in there whenever they can see another cow in the alley. So I'm sitting there waiting and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there leaning on my, you know, I was doing my best impersonation of a road worker and leaning on my, you know, sorting stick, looking around and, and you know how you get that feeling that somebody's watching you. I kind of had that feeling. And I kind of look over and this cow's just, I was like, what, what is the matter with her? I mean, just not a, not a good looking cow at all. And I'm just like, what do you, you <laughs> every cowboy talks to cows. Okay. We just do that. 
They're like, what are you looking at? You know, stop, stop staring, you know? And so anyway, I'm standing there and I'm trying to ignore her. So I kind of turn a little bit, you know, this way where I can't really see her. Never heard her coming. Boom, she mucks me out and just drags me down the, the, uh, the fence there. It was made out of wood. I had, I dug splinters out of my, out of my shoulder like this far. And, and she wasn't really trying to stomp me or anything, but I guess she didn't like the way I was looking at her either. She was mad and she kind of, it literally, I mean, I just, she hit me and I rolled down the fence and I was screaming the whole time. It was a manly scream. Okay, I, I don't, I don't want y'all. Wasn't no wussy scream. It was a, it was like a Viking war yell. That's more, that's more kind of what it was. You know, it wasn't just a, ah, you know, it was like, ah. at least that's the way it sounded in my ears. So anyway, you know, I screamed as I'm being rolled down the fence, and of course the other two guys they peek over and <laughs> look, at him, look at that cow's getting him because that's the way cowboys do it, right? They don't come help you unless you're out, you know, bleeding everywhere. And I wasn't bleeding everywhere yet. But I got to the gate and, and, and she just, I guess she just wanted to prove a point because she went back over and stood in the corner just like, hmm. So I asked for the 30-06, but they wouldn't give it to me. I don't know why. And so I, so I tried to bargain with the other two cowboys to give me the hot shot. And they wouldn't give me the hot shot either. So, you know... All I had was a sword and stick to inflict my revenge upon this cow. And even though I'm, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 250, she was still bigger than I am. So I didn't know that I could do much damage with my little fiberglass stick. But when the time came, when they got through with that one, I decided to be the bigger man. And I just opened the gate and I went and got on the other side of her. And I guess we'd come to a reckoning because she just kind of nodded her head at me and just walked on in there like nothing had ever happened. I was thinking this week about cowboy job descriptions. What, what are we supposed to do? And, and people have tried to say, you know, you're a cowboy if you do this or if you do that or if you do this. But, but I, was, I was looking for something a little more uh, specific, but also more encompassing. And what I came up with was that the two main cowboy job descriptions are to love. Because things aren't going to go your way. You know, the, the cattle are going are gonna, to not do what they're supposed to do sometimes, but everything a cowboy does is, is in love. That, that's one of, you have to love what you do. You have to love why you do it. You have to know that whenever you're out there working those cattle, that you're feeding people. And especially us at the Long X Ranch, you know, we use that beef to feed uh, people that are less fortunate, that are down on hard times. You know, we're getting ready to build a uh, the walk-in freezer and everything so we can give them away more meat, not to just food kitchens, but to individuals, hand them five or 10 pounds at a time to, so that they can feed their family. We do that because we love the people, but we, we, we love working the cattle too. E even the mean, you know, line bread, that, that's, what, that's what inbreeding is called when it works, is line bread. Even the line bread ones, you know, we, we, we try to love all of them. The other thing that a cowboy has to do is sometimes you got to be the bigger man and not get the hot shot out. And it's really hard to be the bigger man. I mean, it, 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 a, lot, a lot of times, you know, when, it, especially in this time of year, uh, if it could just stay this cold all year, I'd be okay. But it's not. It's going to get a lot, lot colder and it's going to get snowy. And, and uh, 
I'm going to get cold standing at the window with my coffee cup watching Ty feed. It makes me cold. Not really. I go out and help him. I was out there at least three times last year. <laughs> but, you know, I, sometimes you got to be the bigger man. It, it, it's uncomfortable. You, you, you want to pay these cattle back and everything, but, but we shouldn't do that. See, in love, cows don't love us, but we can love on cows and know that we're doing a good job. Despite what some of you might think, your horse doesn't love you either. Fiona hates me. I know that, you know, but, uh, but your horse doesn't love you. And I had one lady, oh, no, my horse does love me. He nickers to me and runs over and I give him a treat. He loves your treat. He doesn't love you. If I have the treat, he'll love me too, okay? So, anyway, you know, horses don't love us like, like we're talking about, okay? Uh, the grass doesn't love us. Uh, fences don't love us. We have to be the initiate of the love. We, we have to give our love away in everything that we do. But even though cows and horses and grass and fence don't love us, all of them depend upon us to be the bigger man. Cows will try to muck you out, but we still have to be the bigger man. Horses will try to buck us off, but we are still the bigger man. The grass dries up, but we don't go up and just say, well, the grass is dry, so I'm just going to till it all under. You know, we, don't, we don't do that. We take care of it. The fences fall, but just because there's a hole in the fence, we don't get the tractor and just rip out all of the fence. We just fix the hole, and we may have to replace it. Last week, we talked about the cowboy attitudes. We talked about the Sermon on the Plains, not the Sermon on the Mount, but in Luke chapter 6, it says that, that Jesus and his, his disciples uh, came out of the mountains, and they met on a flat level plain, and there was thousands of people there, and then in verse 20, Luke six twenty, it says, and then Jesus turned to his disciples and said. So there's thousands of people listening to him, but the only people he's talking to are the ones that are all in. And that's who we're going to be talking to today. I'm not saying that if you're not all in or you're not quite sure if this you know, Christianity thing is for you or, or what. I'm not saying that we can't all get any benefit out of it, but I'm talking to those ones that are all in today. Okay, or those that are thinking about it or, or, or want to be uh, all in. That's who we're going to be talking to today. This week, Jesus tells us how to apply these cowboy attitudes. Now, the, 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 the beatitudes, as, as we call them, you know, God blesses you who are poor for the kingdom of God is yours. We got to know that we need God. God blesses those who are hungry. For they will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. And what blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you? Those are the, the Beatitudes listed in, in Luke 6. And we talked about those as cowboy attitudes. This week he tells us how to apply those uh, to our lives. The two main cowboy job descriptions is in Luke 6. I didn't come up with them on my own. I always go to the Bible for answers. And that's what... God says, right after, right after the Beatitudes, Jesus immediately goes in and he says that we are to love others. Now, he's not talking to the thousands of people. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the ones that have given their lives. Okay? And I hope that's all of you. But if you've given your life to God, th this is for you. He says, love your enemies. Well, that's... Wait a minute. It, <laughs> 
I mean, that I'd rather get bucked off sometimes than, than to love my enemies. But Jesus says, love your enemies. He goes on to say, bless those who curse you. Now, you know, if you get cussed out in the parking lot, you know, do you immediately go, you know what? That guy's having a really hard time. I think I'll pray for him today. No, man, we want to bow up or get mad or who does he think he is? Who does she think she is? No, Jesus says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that hurt you. We don't want to pray for them. We want the, we want the hot shot, right? Because believe it or not, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that it's not the right way. But if we had a long yellow hot shot, we could turn some attitudes around. It, it would work. I'm sure I'm like positive of it, but I'm also positive that that's not really what Jesus would want us to do. But we're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to bless those who curse us, pray for those that hurt us. Give to anyone that asks when things are taken from you. Don't try to get them back. That's not the way of the world, is it? All of this is counterintuitive to the way the world operates because, you know, I've been on this side of it. You know, you'll see stuff or, or hear it said, well, I'll treat that person like they treat me. You treat me good, I'll treat you good. You, you treat me bad, I'm going to treat you bad. What are you, a puppet? Think about that. If I'm going to treat you like you treat me, I'm giving you total control over my life. I'm going to respond however you want me to. You can just manipulate me all over the place if that's what I live by. But Jesus says we're not supposed to live like that. He says, love your enemies. It doesn't matter what they do. If they're nice to you, that's good. If they're mean to you, love them anyway. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that hurt you. Give to anyone that asks and when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. He says, don't just love those who love you. He says, even sinners do that. That doesn't separate you from the world. If you just love those people that are nice to you, you're you're no different than anybody else. And we we have been called to be different. You don't get credit for doing something kind to only those that are nice to you. He even goes as far as to say this. Don't just lend money to those that can pay you back. Ouch. Ouch. You know, I I think it was Gandhi. Great, peaceful man. Did a lot of good in this world. I think it was Gandhi that said, I love everything about Jesus. I just don't like those that claim to follow him because they don't do anything like he'd said to do. them. This is what he has told us to do. Love your enemies. Pray for those that curse you. Bless those that hurt you. Give to anyone that asks. And when things are taken from you, don't try to get them back. Don't just love those who love you. Even sinners do that. You don't get credit for doing something kind to only those that are kind to you. Don't just lend money to those that can pay you back. And he says, our reward in heaven will be more than anything we will ever get on earth. And I think our, there will be some reward down here also. It's called peace of mind, knowing that you did the right thing. But right in the middle of all of those verses, I think Jesus summarizes what it means to love. Nearly everybody's heard this verse. And, and I think it's been used out of context and, and, and all of that. But it's Luke six twenty nine. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. Turn the other cheek. That's tough, isn't it? Let me tell you what I think Jesus is saying. I think he's summarizing love by saying, if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. What he's saying is there is never 
a reason for you not to love. No excuse on earth will ever be good enough for you to say, I'm not going to love them. He demonstrated it. He loved on those people, even whenever they nailed him, they put nails through his wrists and hung him up on a cross, pierced his, you know, beat him beyond recognition, shamed him naked up on a cross, bleeding, dying. And he loved them anyway. That's what he's saying right here. You know, turn, turn the other cheek. You know, uh, J- Jesus didn't, when, when they nailed him to the cross, they didn't have to like, he didn't struggle. He, he, he's like, hey, hang on a second here. Let me, let me help you. Now, we're not Jesus, okay? I understand that. We're not him. But when he says that if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also, what he's saying is there's never a reason not to love. I don't care what happens. Not saying that, it, that it's okay that it happened or anything. There's just never a reason not to love. And then he says that we're supposed to be bigger men. Be the bigger man. I didn't say be the better man, okay? We should never think of ourselves as better than anybody else. But we can be bigger. And Jesus says that we're not to judge, okay? Now, understand this, okay? This is one of those things in theology that's very misunderstood. People, you can't judge me. Look, I mean, if you're doing something stupid and somebody points it out, they're not judging you. They're saying you're doing something stupid, okay? I mean, if you're doing something wrong and somebody points it out, they're not judging you. They're trying to, if it's the right way, they're trying to help you, okay? What Jesus means is don't condemn. Don't judge unjustly. If I'm doing something wrong, you know, Ty can come tell me that, that I'm doing something wrong because Ty understands that if God has asked him to point out a sin that I have, he's also called him to walk beside me through repentance and back to God. Not just to go point something out. So be, be wary of that because I know some Christians that are like, oh, my spiritual gift is pointing out other people's faults. Then your spiritual gift is to help all those people too. I mean, we, we, we've had drug addicted, pregnant uh couple that wasn't married living at the ranch. And people are like, man, that's, you know, you, you condoning that? No, I don't condone it, but we're going to love on them. They need love. Never once said that anything, any of that was okay, but we can love on them without judging them. We can try to lead them back, try to get them healthy. Now we can't control them, but we loved on them. Do not judge unjustly. Do not condemn or it will come back against you. Man, the measure with which you judge is the measure that's going to be used on you. So if you hold everybody else to a very, 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 very high standard, guess what? God's going to hold you to the same standard. And it ain't going to be easy. It says, forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you shall receive. And then I love this. It's talking about forgiveness. Give forgiveness and you will be forgiven. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We all need God's forgiveness. Jesus says, man, if you want my forgiveness, you give forgiveness to others. He says, give and you shall receive. And when you receive 
my forgiveness, it will be pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured out into your lap. He's saying that I will give you more than you can ever give away. You don't ever have to worry about your tank running dry. And then it says, can a blind person lead another? Won't they both fall in a ditch? And what he's saying is, man, you know, we, we've got to be walking the walk. We got to be walking the walk. And me and Ty were talking about what ministry actually is. Ministry isn't just what is getting up in front of people and talking about it. It's making your walk with God public. Ty did an excellent job of that this morning. And, you know, I talked to him between services. He didn't tell me what he was going to talk about. And I said, man, some tough stuff, Ty. He goes, yeah, it was. He said, but it was also as scary as it was, it was also liberating because I know that there's other people that are going through that also. And I was like, that's right. That was ministry this morning, what you saw, because it's sharing our walk with God and making it public. And all of us have been called to ministry to let the love of God that you experience flow over into somebody else. Now, I don't know how that'll work in your life, but it needs to work in your life. And then the same way with love, whenever Jesus says about, you know, if you get somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. He summarizes what it means to be a bigger man. He says, students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained, the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. See, we all want to be top hands like Jesus. Jesus is the top hand, okay? will never be as good as he is, but he's willing to train us. And it says, but the students are not greater than their teacher. But the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And that's what we're called to do as Christians. We're supposed to be Christ-like. It's, it's, it breaks my heart that Christians have such a bad rap because Gandhi was right. Our God is, is great, but most of the people that claim to follow him don't do what he says to do. And what he says to do is do not judge and to love. Do not judge unjustly. And to love others. That's what it takes to be a top hand for Christ. He says it right there. Students are not greater than the teacher. You'll never be greater than me, than Jesus, not me. But, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. We will never be perfect like Jesus, but we are supposed to be Christ-like. The student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. But if you're going to be in training, you've got to do what it says, what Jesus says to do. And you could work on these two things alone and get further than you could ever imagine just by loving and not judging unjustly. Never condemn. We will never be top hands on God's outfit if we don't do things like the top hand tells us to do it. See, a top hand is one that is honored, respected, and, be, and can be counted upon. They're handy. Think about that. Man, if, if you're ever called handy, that may not sound like a, a, a word to normal people, but to cowboys, man, that, that's an honor. It's when somebody says, well, call Ty, man. He's handy. That dude can get it done no matter what it is. He can get it done. He can help get it done. That's what we're supposed to be like as Christians, is to be handy. The top hand is one that is honored, respected, and can be counted on. This is the type of Christian that God wants us to be. But there's another 
type of cowboy out there that's the opposite of the top hand. And it's a term that I hadn't really heard until I moved up here. But it's a gunsel. That's somebody that looks the part, man. They got all the right rig. They got the right horse. You know, they they, they got everything on. They can do, you know, they, they look like they do the part. But when it comes down to it, they can't get nothing done. They're just, they're, they're all hat and no cattle. And unfortunately, the same goes for Christianity too. There's a lot of people out there that, that they, they look like Christians. They say that they're Christians, but when it comes down to it, they don't do it. Which one do you want to be? You want to be a top hand? You want to be a gunsel? Now, I was once a gunsel, but I'm past that because I started working on myself. I started doing some of the things that the good book says to do. There is no other way. You'll, you'll never get there thinking about it. You'll only get there by doing it. By loving your enemies. By praying for those that curse you. By doing all of these things that Jesus said. Loving others and being the bigger man will get you well on your way to being a top hand for Christ. But treating others the way that you're treated and judging everyone else is a surefire way to show somebody else what a gunsel looks like. Don't be a gunsel. Saddle up today. And there's a big difference in somebody that's learning and somebody that's just a gunsel. Get on the way to learning. And I'm so proud to be able to learn beside every one of you. Online, on the radio, here today. Man, let's all go make a difference in this world. Let's be the light of Christ that shines in a dark world. And in order to do that, we're going to have to do things totally opposite than the way the world operates. That means we got to love. There's never a reason not to love. And we got to be bigger. We got to be bigger than this world. We got to do the right thing every single time, not just when it's convenient. Never judge, never condemn. Always love. Let's go to God in prayer. God, help us to saddle up and truly ride for you today. God, let it... Don't let us merely appear to be Christians, but let us ride for you and shine a light in this dark world. We do this by loving others instead of condemning them. We are not better than anyone else, but they need your love just like we do. Help us to be that love. Help us to be that light. Help us to be that difference in the world. The only way we can be a difference in the world is to be different than the world and to be the same as Christ. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Just in case nobody's told you. Just in case nobody's told you. I love every single one of you. Every stinking one of you. Even those of you that's hard to love. I love y'all. And I hope to see y'all next week. Pray for Ty.